Hi, everybody, and welcome to the VFX Insiders podcast. I'm your host, Scott Cedarleaf of Cedarleaf VFX. Today, we are talking to Jonas Huerta. Jonas has over 10 years' experience in the film industry, five being a visual effects data wrangler. He has worked on Rampage, The Fast and Furious 8, Spider-Man, Far From Home, and Netflix's Bird Box, just to name a few. So without any further delay, let's get on the phone with Jonas. Good morning, Jonas. Good morning, Scott. How are you? Doing well, how are you? Good. I, obviously, you are not on set anywhere right now. No, I am uh, social distancing myself because everything <laughs> is on lockdown. <laughs> so, quarantine 2020. Well, you know what? What better, what better time to do uh, an interview? So there we go. So how long are you locked down? Have, have they given you any indication? Uh, so we were supposed to start filming a Western on Monday. They told us two weeks, but I've heard that uh, it could actually go up to six weeks and possibly longer. So. Oh my gosh. Oh, well, here we go. This, yeah. By the way, this, uh, this podcast is brought to you by coronavirus. So it's uh, <laughs> COVID-19. It's... <laughs> All right. Well, well, you know, interesting times for sure. It's interesting times. Yes. Well, we're going to try to make light of all of this um, shenanigans that's going on out there, but we're going to talk to you about visual effects, and we're going to talk about Jonas. So I, I do, you and I have worked on a, a few projects together, so we, we have a little bit of history, but um, we're, just trying yes. to, we're just trying to reach out to our visual effects community and just let people know what, what is going on, who's doing what, and um, I do want to thank you for coming on, on for the interview. So, oh, yeah. no problem. I'm excited. Well, good. All right. Well, I guess, you know, obviously we, we have our standard list of questions and we're just going to go, you know, down that list, but we, we have no problem deviating as just where the conversation will take us. But anyway, tell our listeners a little bit about you. How did you get into visual effects and, um, you know, what were you doing before or were you always in visual effects? So just, let's just start there. So uh, I got into visual effects in 2015. I was um, I was working in camera, like kind of the DIT side, sometimes second day C work, but it was a lot of non-union, low pay stuff. Um, I had listed my name on the Albuquerque website for PA work and Independence Day Resurgence was looking for set PAs. Wow. So uh, I figured, why not? You know, like, uh, when you're working indie films, you know, the pay is pretty bad. So you're looking for an opportunity to move up. And right. so I got hired to work on that movie, but it was more of the sense, like we had this Oscar winning visual effects supervisor, um, Volker England, I believe. Angle, Volker Angle. Okay. And so my, my job was just to basically get him his coffee. Like that was, <laughs> it was so... Now was that, in the, was that in the job description or was this a, a surprise to you? You just, uh, you came in with uh, did they give you a job description like what your duties were going to be and then ended up just being, you know, coffee? Well, so it kind of like, uh, I was excited, like, all right, I'm going to get my hands dirty. I'm going to be on set. And, and it's like, no, you're, you're, you got to get Volker his coffee. And I'm like, Oh my God. This is... So, so like, heartbreaking and, and obviously um, you did you did a good job of it too right you were, you were... I, no i did a very bad job at that actually 
uh, I had a buddy who got me in visual effects. His name is Derek Horn. Um, so he, he basically showed me what data wrangling was. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the first thing that I was supposed to do was uh, operate a witness cam. It's to help um, artists view 3D space, like what the camera is doing to the actors and where you're going to add CG objects. It's just like a third perspective. Okay. So I kept operating that, and then I was getting yelled at for not getting Volker his coffee. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is so much like, this is what's needed. Like, this is so much more important. I'm sorry, Volker, but like, this is a huge visual effects movie. Like, I need to be doing this. So uh, after a while, my my team fought for me. They were like, look, hire someone else to get the coffee. This guy's really good at being on set you know like they they uh gave me an ipad and started teaching me how to data wrangle while operating a witness cam which is very hard but i did it multitask yeah (laughs) Yeah. so after uh a month of that they uh, there was a position opening where they would have made me a a full-time data wrangler and i got moved up so uh, that's what i did Um, absolutely yeah and that's kind of been since 2015. That's kind of been your focus then is just, uh, is, is just data wrangling. Cause that's what you were doing on obviously bird box when we worked on that one. And then yeah, this, this past one army of the dead. And that was, a, yeah. that was a fun one. That was a really, that was brutal. Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, <laughs> summer heat, a lot of Mon- visual effects. Monsoon. Yeah. That thing was yeah. just, uh, that was, that was a, that was a massive beast to, to be handling. So, so lightning it, delays. Yeah. Lightning delays. And then everybody had that app. That was great that, you know, as soon as the lightning got into a certain distance away, everybody just locked down. So it was kind of like the coronavirus of, of nature of lightning. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was fun. That was brutal, but fun. It was a good one. So, all right. So as a data wrangler, for those of us that aren't familiar, we just, I mean, we're familiar with the title and some of the tasks that happen, but on a typical, let's just say, um, well, let's go with like Army of the Dead, a VFX heavy um, production. So on a day-to-day without getting anybody coffee, what, what is it that you, you know, when just moment you hit the boots, hit ground on call, and what's on a kind of a typical day um, for so, <clears throat> Typically, like what we do is we will take notes to help match movers and posts if they get stuck. So what we're doing is we're tracking cameras in uh, space and time. Like we're letting them know this is where your camera is. This is the very specific lens they're using. Is it anamorphic? Is it spherical? Height, distance, distance to objects, distance to CG objects. Um, so in a sense, we're helping match movers do that. We're also cataloging uh, all the visual effects on the day. So like you could have certain things planned where like, okay, we're going to add a, a CG tiger and a CG zombie horde. But then there's like, uh, this prosthetic isn't working. We're going to have to clean that up. The sky doesn't match the other day. So we're going to have to uh, do a sky replacement. So we're we're tracking the work and we're also helping uh, producers with the cost of letting them know what's changed on the day to day, what shots we got rid of. Um, so it's a lot of that. Like it, and it's, it's a lot of work. Like if, if you want a job where you're just 
chilled out, relaxing on set. That's not it. Like <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you're responsible for <clears throat> keeping track of four cameras on any given day. Yeah. Um, and like, let's say a camera is on a, <clears throat> on a techno crane. You got to know where that techno crane started, where it ended, how far it moved, what are the tilts, did it zoom in, is there a zoom lens on there? Like, uh, and then B camera can be on a dolly track that's 40 feet long on a zoom lens and you know, the operator loves to zoom. So like you're <laughs> logging everything. Like it's, wow. It's a wow. lot of work. You know, a lot of second ACs will keep track of their camera only. So as a data wrangler, you're responsible for everything. Damn. No, so yeah, so yeah. <laughs> you just, and yeah, you just didn't really think about what, you know, again, a layperson or somebody, you know, I've been on, on sets and I understand, I mean, certain roles, but you never really understand what it is that people do and just, you get a real respect for, for what, for what is, you know, on a day to day. I mean, I mean, back in the day, gosh, how would you do that without all the technology? But I guess, you know, you're, you're tracking when I see you constantly have all this gear slung on your, on your, your, uh, your belt and, but you just track all that now with technology, with a, with an iPad and is that, or do you do a lot of kind of hand, <coughs> hand notes and pictures and how does, how does, how does that all wrangling things that, how do you wrangle it in today's tech world? Yeah. So, uh, your, your iPad's your best friend. What I do is I use apps that will show, like I can, I can ask for an overhead diagram of the set because usually all that's planned out. So you can have a, a 3D build or a 2D overhead of mm -hmm. your day-to-day. -day. So what I like to do is um, I'll take that diagram and I'll add cameras where they are in space and time. And I'll, I'll have to physically measure everything. Sometimes I'm using distos or tape measures. But I, I like to know how far A camera is from B, B is to C, how far they are from uh, green screens, how far are they from objects that don't move for, you know, helping with parallax mm -hmm. in post. And I also like to track where the CG object is. So from there, I can screen grab that and import it to my database. Um, there's another app I can do. I can just take a quick photograph, um, like an alternate perspective where we see the camera and a potential CG object in green screen. And I can draw arrows with distances and also put that into the ipad but it's 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 a lot not only well, that but like oh go ahead no 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 i'm just thinking go ahead i just have a question for you when you get done with your explanation it just popped uh, into my head i don't mean to get you off track but keep going but not not only are we responsible for that but like uh we have to do uh photogrammetry on any given day we have to take hdri uh photographs references and uh orbitals like it's and uh on top of that ball passes like there's, <laughs> there's a lot to do <laughs> yeah yeah the old uh, everybody gets the, the balls the balls time for balls yeah yeah balls <laughs> God, it's, so it, it sounds like you know gosh i mean we have uh well we you know it's brutal sometimes it's 12 16 hour days just depending so you so your work doesn't really end after you're actually on set, it sounds like you've got a lot of then work to do after the fact to try to get all that yeah. stuff organized <laughs> so, uh, and then back back yeah. to the, you know, in the flow of things to the supervisor and everybody down the line. So, yeah. Man. So learning, learning how to create folders on uh, 
cameras are your best friend because uh, on Independence Day too, we didn't know how to create folders on our cannons. <laughs> so on those days, we were typically working 18 hours. Oh, and on, on top, that was just that was just set on top of that we had to stay and take texture photographs of each set so um i believe one day we we clocked in 22 hours and then your day doesn't end there we had to take the 1700 photographs that we just took throughout the day like and sort everything like there was there was actually more photos than that yeah it's my word so <laughs> it's a lot of work. <laughs> I mean, that just gives a, a great, you know, kind of a, a picture of what a data wrangler does. I mean, I had, I had no idea. I mean, there's, there's always inklings of things and you just kind of hear things. And if you're paying attention on set, you kind of understand what other people are doing on the VFX team. So, I mean, I, I mean, it's a great segue into kind of our, our next question as far as, you know, where are you a glass half empty kind of guy or, half full, but you know, what do you want to start with the, the best thing you like about data wrangling or do you want to start with the, the, the worst thing? Cause you kind of touched on that. It looked like the, just the freaking long hours and just yeah. the amount yeah. of responsibility. So I'll, either, I'll, go I'll, I'll go into the, the dark side of it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's delve right um, in. So when you say this job out loud, it's like, why would you want to do that? Because uh, the hours are insane. Like, um, uh, and a lot of what people are trying to do with data wranglers is work a flat daily rate, which uh, is illegal. Um, the only person who should be working a flat uh, is someone with that supervisor title. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> when they when they ask you like, what's your rate? You kind of factor in like, okay, I'm going to get unpaid overtime. I don't have a union, so I'm not entitled to mill penalties. Right. Um, and I'm going to have to stay and sort photographs. So you, you give them a number that you're comfortable with, you know, a number that satisfies you if you factor in all that work. Right. Um, and starting out, like you don't really have a choice. You have to, you know, you, you give them your number and, and it's like, no, this is what we're going to pay you. Well, if you want to work, you say, okay, fine. Like, and you're just a, you know, grumpy dick about it. But, um, <laughs> but now I feel like I've moved into a position where if they don't want to pay that. I just don't take the job. Um, there, right. there are supervisors that know the, uh, the worth of a data wrangler and they'll, and they'll pay those prices. So, um, so yeah, there's, there's no union. Uh, a lot of the times it's flat rate. So if you work, you know, if you're guaranteed 12 and you work eight, you came out on top, but right. if you started working 16s, you know, like you're kind of getting abused after that. Um, right. Right. So that, so, well, <laughs> does it, bad. does it, does it, I mean, we work on that kind of aspect too, but I'm just wondering, does that, does there, and again, this is a dumb question. It's possibly a dumb question as far as, but depending on the production and the supervisor and producer, does, can they adjust that knowing that, oh, wow, this turned out to be a hell of a lot more than what we originally planned. And um, I mean, because 16 hour days after day after day, obviously you're going to you know, lose motivation. And so does that, do they, can they adjust that? Does that typically happen or are you pretty well set? They- 
they can and it's the the whole thing is it's their discretion so it depends on the production it depends on the producer i've had uh i've had producers say like hey we're sorry about all this ot we'll just kick you guys a sixth day um the one thing i really like about netflix is they learned that we were getting flats and uh our our producer was like hey um these guys are working unpaid overtime and i want to give them a sixth day and then this executive at Netflix was like, what the hell? Oh my God. No retroactively pay them all their overtime. And from here on out, they, they clock in and they clock out. No one gets unpaid wow. overtime. So wow. that was, I think if, if the industry started shifting towards that or you get, you know, you get paid for every hour, then mm-hmm. this job would seem a little better. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, like everything's evolving, it seems. It's just like, you know, with technology, things get better. But I guess it helps things in the moment. But like you say, you still are dealing with huge amounts of data at the end of the day. And so you got to take that into yeah. account. I mean, I know that's something we do, we deal with all the time that, you know, there's the times where you just hit the button on the computer and you let things process. But, you know, that still costs money. And it, it, it's yeah. something that, you know, that's the, the sharp edge of that double-edged sword of, technology you know it does help quite a bit but it does add, <laughs> add quite a bit of more work that people aren't familiar. well yeah i remember on on idr we were you know doing these crazy hours and um you know like on average you know we were vfx we're putting in like you know at least 19 hour days where by the end of the week like your brain is fried you know like because another thing you have to do is you have to clean up your data like you, yeah. you turn in notes that you know potentially thousands of people are going to read and and you look at it and you're like this doesn't make sense you know like yeah like i don't even understand it my brain is so fatigued right now like yeah, yeah you're right because you for- like you forget you're going to forget it's like waking up from a dream you had and you want to remember the dream but as soon as you you get up and you start your day it's gone forget it you're not going to recall it yeah because typically like you know with unionized positions you have a turnaround time but if visual effects is non-union and you have to stay after hours taking photographs you still have to go in uh the next day at call time right there's no like hey take sleep in that extra two hours you lost it's like nope be here in six hours (laughs) yeah and and be be ready to go at it again i hear you so well, this is a perfect way. So everybody, we're going to step away. We're talking to Jonas Huerta, if I'm saying that correctly. Jonas, you'll always correct me. But we are going to step away from the dark side, and uh, we're going to come back and talk to Jonas, and we're going to find out what is the, the great things, the light side of being a data wrangler. So we're going to be right back after this message. So uh, we'll be right back. So we just, we just keep talking and blah, blah, blah. And I cut all this out and then I'll come cool. in. I'll, I'll count down from three and we'll be back into the interview. So here we go. Three, cool. two, one. Hi everybody. We're back with Jonas Huerta. We're talking about data wrangling and visual effects. And uh, we don't want to leave our listeners on, a, on the, on the dark, focusing on the dark side of things. So now we're going to ask Jonas what he loves about being a data wrangler. If there is, if there is things to love about it after what we've heard, but we obviously know that he's still there. He's still doing it. So Jonas, welcome back. Thank, thank you. And uh, so now next, next question. Um, let's just segue into the best part about what you do. What do you enjoy most about being a data wrangler? 
So I think the one of the things that I enjoy the most is um, you, you're on set. Now, when I started, I was in locations and I worked on Transformers 2 and I, I had to like lock up a parking lot. And <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> I was in a parking lot and there was this huge sand dune blocking the set. And every day I heard like explosions going off and smoke bombs and and it sounded like the most fun war was happening and I couldn't see it. So uh, being a data wrangler, you're there in the action. Like you're, you know, you're witnessing everything go down. Like you have a front row ticket to what's going on. So to me, like that's valuable because I like to, um, when I'm not data wrangling, I, I do other projects and you know, you, you learn how a DP lights a scene or camera choices or why they're choosing frame rates and shutter speeds. And, and sometimes you pick up on these conversations of why they're doing these things. So it, yeah, it, it makes you a better filmmaker on the side. If, uh, if you're into that. Um, one thing I also like about data wrangling specifically is, um, when New Mexico, I live in Albuquerque and when it was slow and, um, you know, like, work was scarce i was traveling the world like i had opportunities to work on fast and the furious eight and they flew me to new york cleveland um work in la a lot mm -hmm. um, some of the you meet some of the coolest people like i've worked with really cool supervisors um, um photographers like it's just this really cool community and um and we're all in it together so we all get it right so to me that's right. that one of the best parts like i've met some of the coolest people and been to some really cool locations and i enjoy that like yeah, that, yeah. that's what well, i mean yeah that's good i just it's interesting to see how people what, what people latch on to what they perceive you know what what do they enjoy and it's it's neat it's really it's different it's everybody's unique so it's really neat to kind of get that perspective so i mean i know it's just interesting too i just seeing you on on set is that you're right there you're right you're just you're right there where the director is you're right there where the cameras are focusing and what the shot is at that moment and uh yeah you're right i do get a little jealous too at sometimes where we're just off in the background you know scanning a set that was you guys were on yesterday and you're right i remember hearing that 50 50 cal maybe i, I shouldn't say that I mean, we can't really <laughs> but, there's a lot of movies of 50 cals <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was it was like holy shit what's going on out there and then you know just neat hearing the the chatter on the radio what's what's really happening out there too so i mean that is fun too kind of hearing the banter of the vfx crew when it's when it's a good crew i think it's really fun just to kind of sit and listen to you know, all the chatter that's going on and how people kind of get through the day and, and yeah, <laughs> you got to keep it fun. So, um, so that, that's interesting on, um, I'm just kind of looking at my other question here. I had another thought on the, on the best part that, um, you know, about traveling. I know, you know, having, that's the other thing too. What is the most exotic place that you've been? I think what would be kind of the neatest and most, uh, that you never thought you'd be in this this location or um, in this country. Well, it, it wasn't necessarily exotic, but like uh, Vancouver has um, a visual effects union up there. So, mm -hmm. oh, they do. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So for me to get hired in Vancouver and work there was 
kind of like a huge honor. It, it showed how much my uh, producer, Brian Shows, had faith in me. Um, mm -hmm. The fight for me, he said I was the hardest hire because Canada was like, we have so many uh, unionized data wrangler. Why do you want this guy from New Mexico? And Brian's like, I don't need to justify. You'll see. And like, yeah, uh, we had a, a supervisor, Rich McBride, paid me a huge compliment. Um, we were doing our camera tests. And, uh, you know, like as a data wrangler, like there really is no downtime. Like you really got to be listening for everything and try to stay ahead of the game. Um, yeah. So we're about to do camera tests outside to see how uh, this Ikea fur looked in the sun. Um, <laughs> and nobody even called me on the radio. And like, I was just something I was listening for. And, uh, you know, my supervisor had a mini heart attack. Like, where's Jonas? We're, you know, like we're about to shoot this thing. And he sees me walking out carrying these ikea furs and he's like oh okay i could see why you hired him now <laughs> yeah you're you're two steps ahead yeah you're staying yeah up. yeah no that's great i mean those are things that and i guess that that's a really good and we're going to kind of jump around on the questions but I, that's a great segue into you know uh, obviously you and, and knowing you the time that i've known you 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 are you you stay on task and i guess if you're if you're an upcoming person, if you're, you know, they, they're curious about data wrangling and they want to understand what it is, what, what's your advice? What would you give an up and coming VFX um, talent that is uh, considering to, you know, somehow break into as a, a VFX data wrangler? What would you, what, what advice? So would that, you give? It's really where like that. The, the way to get in is you have to get trained by, um, by a data wrangler but there's there's a lot of different approaches to data wrangling where you know some people are i don't want to say more trained than others but do more tasks i've been on sets where um the way derek horn trained me is you you take notes on every shot and you line up everything like to help match move not only does that help in post but let's say that you have to revisit a shot the next day and they didn't quite get what they needed. They're mm -hmm. going to come to you as a data wrangler and say, where was our camera? Where was our actor? How far are we from the wall? What was our height? What was our tilt? And as a data wrangler, like that will put the fear of God in you. You have to know those answers. Like mm -hmm. you, you don't want to know, like, you don't want to say, uh, I don't know. Like, yeah, I think it was this or have your data be off. Like you want to line things up to a T because they're spending so much money per minute, you know, that Oh yeah. a good data wrangler will save them, uh, you know, like 20 minute setup time versus two hours trying to figure out this shot. Um, mm -hmm. And I've been in those situations where they look to you and say, where was our camera? And I'll be like, it's right here, this height, this tilt, that's the distance. And they line it up. Yep. That works. And you're moving on. That's, but I've seen data wranglers, like, they'll look at my notes and they're like, oh, that's overkill. Like, why are you adding that? Why are you adding that? And it's like, mm -hmm. <laughs> just, just wait, it's coming. Yeah, um, just, well, that's so, experience too. You're right. That, that's experience and feeling pain. And you're going to understand, you know, to pay attention on that. So it sounds like, yeah, just, yeah. just have the attitude of, you know, be open to everything and, and be a sponge and absorb. And, yeah, don't be afraid to, yeah. to step yeah, outside you know, your like, role. You know, and if you're starting out and someone tells you, hey, you should be doing it this way, like, listen, like, take take the advice because I've, I've seen data wranglers where they, um, you know, like sometimes you work second unit, sometimes you're first, 
and they're tearing apart first unit because they don't know they don't even know what lens they were using like that information is crucial like you have to mm -hmm. know everything and, and, and it helps in post but it also helps on set and you know that's you know for for weird it's a weird position but you know for a director or a dp to approach you and ask you what did we do the other day and, and you have to have those answers so yeah without um, hesitation yeah without hesitation yeah. and you know so you know if, if you're looking to get into that that's really what it is and it's a lot of hard work sometimes it feels like it's thankless but um there are times where it's so rewarding so you know just um yeah just so i guess that with that i mean obviously that's great advice to to give to people and and again it's just i think a lot of people are are um naive who are not in the business that you know it's it's glamorous it sounds like a lot of fun obviously it's movies it's television but i mean it's hard work I mean, people don't realize yeah. that it's, it's brutal. I mean, a lot of times I don't know how many people or you know, what the burn rate is, the turnaround, you know, if people get in into it and obviously you, you kind of know who, who sticks around and who's still in the game because Hey, you're still working, you're still getting those calls. So it's, you know, that's a testament yeah, to, and to who you are. The, 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 one of the problems with that is it's, it's kind of like a, you know, you could PA well, so, it's weird like if you look at england um or london they have you have to become a pa and then a like a, a junior data wrangler and then an assistant data wrangler and then you can become a data wrangler from there you become a lead and then a senior data wrangler here yeah. in america oh you you pa'd okay your next job your data wrangler <laughs> it's like <laughs> well you gotta but appreciate I guess both sides of that fence right i mean obviously that structure of you know kind of the old apprenticeship role right you're going to be an apprentice for a decade and then you're going to come in and oh then you can finally do this whereas you know that has merit but then there's also kind of the other approach like, like here in the states like you just said it's just like it's baptism by fire uh, and if you yeah. if you come out you know unscathed you know congrats good job it's uh you, and that's that's kind of it. what happened with me. Like IDR was trial by fire. I, I had what you call the data wrangling nightmares where <laughs> you're chasing cameras that are running from you in your sleep and your legs are physically kicking. Like actual, <laughs> actual nightmares. That's, that's amazing. I, yeah. I had a dream that a camera was in a river and it got washed away and I was like, Oh shit, I didn't get the lens. And I was chasing after it. Like, oh my gosh. And then how'd you yeah. get back after that? You just stayed awake and just waiting, waiting to, for call. And this is man. I'm, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> that's great. Well, man, you already just answered my next question about, you know, what's the, what's the craziest thing you've been asked to do, but you know, again, dreaming about cameras and lenses being lost in rivers. I think that, that kind of tops it. It, uh, it goes into your personal life. So, yeah. <laughs> but, so I, I, gosh, I mean, I'm looking at the time now, uh, Jonas, we can continue this, but, uh, I, we got to have yeah. you back on. Um, we've got to have another interview to continue this, uh, cause this is great. This is really great. Time to go. And got a bad connection for the last few seconds. You, you have, did you didn't, I'm sorry. Say again. Are you still there? 
Can you hear me now? I can hear you. Are you back? Jonas, are you back with me? Through technical difficulties. But... Technical difficulties. It's coronavirus. It was coronavirus. <laughs> Damn it. So we had a technical glitch there, folks, but we're back. And we're going to wrap up our, our conversation with Jonas. And I think we left off on, obviously, he was dreaming about cameras floating down rivers and lost lenses. <laughs> so uh, we're looking at the traumatic, <laughs> the traumatic effects of being a data wrangler. But... Um, so we, we just a couple more things here before we wrap up. But like I was saying, we'd love to have you back on. But uh, that being said, what is if, if you if you do have a crazy story that you could share, what is the the most ridiculous thing or the funniest thing or that you've been asked to do or as a data wrangler or, or it's experienced? Um, that you so without without giving too much of what this movie was, we um we had to bring a, a CG animal to life. Mm-hmm. And uh, the best way to do that is use a real life reference. And we had this fur. Um, so to get the lighting right and the textures right, after the ball pass, I had to wear this fur of the animal and walk <laughs> down the bridge. And and this thing, oh my God, it stunk so bad. <laughs> And the thing with this fur is like the face was still kind of intact. Like, so oh my God. I was walking with this thing, looking through its eye holes and its mouth hole all the while, like this skin flake was like falling on me. Oh my like, God. Now hold on. Was it, hopefully it was a cool weather or was this like in the middle of, of a summer or fall kind of where it's just brutal? It was, it was, uh, it was false. Oh, no. Yeah. Did you draw the short straw on that? How did, how did you get, um, you know, corralled into doing that one? I think, uh, you were asked. Oh, no, I don't even know. Not told. I just, they just say do it and you do it. <laughs> like, uh, and then, and then, you know, like looking at this thing, I, I named it Nightmare Fuel. So we, we had to find creative ways to hide this thing's face. Um, <laughs> but like you, yeah, you, you, there's the thing with like visual effects is we have to get so many references. So after, on any given day, you're doing weird passes. And, I, and it's, it comes with the territory, but it also makes people hate us. Like when people are ready to move on, we have to yell balls and then we do our spears, we do our HDRIs, but like, if there's an animal like in um, Rampage, we had to carry these shields of gorilla fur and uh, alligator skin and like this blue wolf porcupine thing, like just to show like what the light looks like. And and we look like freaking dorks when it happens. Like people cue up the weirdest music. Like uh, <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> well, it's, it's it's all good humor though. It's all all in good fun. I'm sure. So, but. Uh... It is. <laughs> well, so I, I imagine, so did you uh, have that uh, smell of the animal fur on you? Was that towards the end of the day, I hope, or did, did it have to just stay with you the entire? Oh, God, it was all day. And I think some of it got in my mouth, too. Oh. Really... <laughs> yeah. right, it was, all right. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. That's, that's, uh, we'll have to put that one on the, on the top of the list. So 
that's that's excellent. <laughs> so, all right. Well, we're we're wrapping up here. We've we've run out of time. But Jonas, as I was saying, we'd love to have you back on to continue the conversation. But any last parting Appreciate words it. for our for our guests here? Any anything that you want to share? Uh, we'll be obviously on the on the show notes. We'll have Jonas's contact information and, and any real information or. Um, if you just, uh, anyway, if, uh, if that's something that, uh, we can, you would share with us, we'd love to have that on the site and, but, um, anything else as we part here, any, any final words? Um, just practice social distancing and wash your hands for 20 seconds. Yep. Sing happy birthday. <laughs> happy birthday. No, I don't, I don't have anything to plug. <laughs> okay. No, no major, uh, no major, you know, film productions coming up or, or acting roles, anything like that. So no, I'm, uh, right. I'm a cog in the machine. So. There we go. Well, you know what? The, the, the cogs make it happen. So uh, yes. I'm from a fellow cog. So we, we love that. So Jonas, thanks again. I appreciate your time and your sharing with us. And um, you have a wonderful three weeks off. Again, social distancing. Enjoy. <laughs> and we'll, we'll hopefully catch up again soon. And we'll, we'll hopefully be on another project. But meanwhile, take care. Bye. All right, you too. Thank you.